G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know, God does some strange things sometimes. He leads us into hidden places, lonely places, dark places, and then he seems to leave us there. What's he up to? Why does he do that? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called Flying Under the Radar. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet, Blessed to Be a Blessing. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so please don't miss out. I love the term flying under the radar. And it's become incredibly special to me as I read a book of that same name written by one Douglas Webster. Now, the whole notion is that sometimes in combat, aircraft fly so low, literally just feet above the ground or the sea, that the enemy's radar can't detect them. They're invisible as they fly along until they reach their objective. And that's the idea of flying under the radar. It's an idea that's so important, it turns out, in life as well. See, we, we live in a world where people are clamouring for recognition, to be noticed, to be valued, to be rewarded, to be thanked. And in fact, it seems that we're a generation of recognition junkies. I think that that's what the whole celebrity thing's about. And yet, you look around at the people that, that you and I really respect. I mean, people of substance, people of real achievement. And by and large, those kinds of people, few and far between as they are, they want little to do with worldly success and recognition. It seems that they're prepared to fly under the radar. Now, I have to tell you, I am your quintessential recognition junkie. I mean, most of my life, the first 36 years of my life, this manifested itself in so many different ways. In the cars that I drove, I always chose the the most expensive, flashy, good-looking car that I could possibly afford. The houses that I lived in, it was always important that they were big and pretentious and they said something about who I was and what I'd achieved and the success that I had and, and the money that I had. The way that I dressed, I always dressed, you heard of the term power dressing, you know, to put on a really bold coloured tie and a dark suit and a white shirt and, you know, to look like you're powerful. The priorities I had in life, I mean, being noticed, being seen, going to the right functions, mixing with the right people, mingling, always making sure that at work, the boss knew who was responsible for all that good stuff that came across his or her desk, and taking every little opportunity subtly to undermine my work colleagues, just so that people knew who was on top and who was the top dog. You recognise any of those? It's a subtle thing, this addiction to recognition, but it's there in so many ways. I mean, recognition is really important for children. Because that's how they build their self-esteem. I mean, parental approval is an important component 
of the emotional growth of a child. They need to be patted on the back often. That's how they grow. But like mother's milk, it's something we're supposed to be weaned off. As we grow and mature, we're supposed to become people who don't survive on recognition, who don't perform for the crowd. The problem is, for a long time at least, I never grew up. And you know something? There are lots of people like that. They're still addicted to recognition. It's a sad addiction because it's something you can never get enough of. It's like heroin. We're worried about what people think of us. You know what weaned me off that? It was suffering in a hidden place. I look back on on when I became a Christian 12 years ago, and it was at a time in my life of pain and distress. There were major things going on in my life. I still had the expensive flashy car and the high-flying job and all that stuff, but I was in a dark and lonely place. It was so black that words can't describe it. It was so lonely. It was a pit so deep that there seemed to be no way out. And at the time, I was just starting to come to grips with who God might be if if he existed at all. And like everyone who ends up in a place like that, I said, God, why? Why do I have to go through this? Why? We all ask that question, don't we? Why? And here's what I've noticed about God. He inevitably does his greatest miracles in our lives in those dark, lonely places. Joseph Joseph was Abraham's great-grandson. Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac had a son called Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, one of whom was Joseph. You may have heard the story of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph had these dreams about how all his other brothers were going to bow down to him one day. He was dad's favourite. I tell you, his brothers wanted to kill him, literally. But instead of killing him, ultimately they double-crossed him and sold him into slavery. Can you imagine? Your own brothers trap you in a pit and they sell you as a slave. And that's incredibly unfair. And so these slave traders took him down to Egypt and he was sold in a market to a man called Potiphar. But... Joseph was a class act, and ultimately Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all of his affairs. And obviously, young Joseph wasn't bad-looking either, because Potiphar's wife wanted to drag him into bed. And when he refused, she accused him of rape. And and Joseph, who did the right thing, ends up in prison. Life is so unfair sometimes. Now, Joseph went on to become the Prime Minister of Egypt second only to Pharaoh, but that time in that dungeon was so important. It was the place where he grew up. It was the place where he learned wisdom. He was the youngest son. He was dad's favourite. He he had delusions of grandeur. He was this little recognition junkie. And God had to deal with that, and he did, by putting Joseph into slavery and then into that dungeon. This didn't last for hours or days or even weeks. This went on for years that God had Joseph in those incredibly unfair, dark and lonely places. It seems that so often this is God's way to take us, to mould us and to shape us in those hidden places. Have you ever noticed in God's creation that new life always seems to happen in hidden places? A child is conceived and grows hidden in its mother's womb. 
This little green grub crawling around on the leaves becomes a beautiful butterfly, hidden away in its cocoon. You know what? Those hidden places are where God takes us and where we suffer alone. They are the exact opposite of the limelight of recognition. They are exactly the places he needs to take us to change us, hidden away from the world's gaze and recognition and adulation and praise and rewards, like a heroin addict going through withdrawal. But at the end of it, we have a new freedom. Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. And again, he said, if I set you free, you will really be free. When we don't live our lives for recognition and reward anymore, we are finally free. We're finally at rest. We finally feel safe. I look back on my life and I know that in that dark place, God did his greatest work in me. He set me free from me from being my own little tin pot God, from the fear and the insecurity of always needing the next fix of recognition. He works in mighty and mysterious ways, not always obvious, not always pleasant, but always, always with one goal in mind, to set us free. In a world where success seems to be the holy grail, it's easy to get the wrong idea. I mean, completely the wrong idea about God's blessing. Being blessed, sure, that's great. But letting God's blessing flow out through us is about a million times better. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Blessed to Be a Blessing, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. So you can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.